on today's show, we're going to paraphrase Jimmy Butler, and I'm going to ask Tobias Harris for what? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I'm Chris Manning. I cover the Cavs in the NBA for places like Diamond Up Rocks, SB Nation, and Cleveland Magazine, as well as the Just Basketball Show. That man over there is Evan Damerill, the proprietor of Right Down Euclid. As always, we have Jake Stevens producing, and thanks again to our friends at Astro Radio for the intro music. Today's show is going to be all about Tobias Harris. Uh, Evan, let's start with this. Daryl Morey, Illyria native Daryl Morey, may, may I add. It always comes back to Ohio. Uh is out here looking to trade Tobias Harris for like $2 on the dollar. Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Lock on Sixers, uh, wrote this last week, or wrote this over the weekend. So technically last week. Last week, sources told the Inquirer, the Sixers are overvaluing Harris and asking for, quote, outrageous packages in return. That goes in line with what a source said, the Sixers sold the Cavs what it would take days before the draft. A package of Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and a draft pick. That is to trade for Tobias Harris. In the story, uh, Pompey wrote that, quote, That's, teams think... It makes more. me laugh every time I hear that trade proposal. Uh, I think about it a lot since I was sent to me by a friend of the program, Bill Filippo, who was like, Chris, did you see this? And I said, no, and then my brain exploded. Uh, in the story, he also wrote that, Maury, quote, that teams think, quote, Maury isn't negotiating in good faith, end quote. So, like, look, look. This is just the baseline, Evan. This, there, there is not a world <laughs> where you're trading Evan Mobley, much less Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, in a draft pick for Tobias Harris. And if we're thinking about Tobias Harris as a draft pick, this kind of offer just means you should stop thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it was like that was the hypothetical. Then there was like that DeAndre Ayton. Hypothetical that I was in the ether as well. My introduction to this trade was a uh, known Sixers fan and um, a friend of the program, Jordan Christmas, floating it to me. And I'm just like, excuse me, what? And then uh, uh, he said that they're really going to run it back and I'm going to be furious because they're doing stuff like this because he agreed that. And I agree as well that uh, Maury is definitely not negotiating in good faith. And... I just said, listen, from he's like, you don't even know how bad it is. I said, yeah, from the outside, it looks bad. From the inside, I don't know what it's like in that submarine, but it's going to collapse at some point. But either way, um, Tobias Harris is interesting to me because on paper, um, sure, he's a little older. I believe he's 30 or turning 30 soon, um, but he is a bigger 3-4 type player. Uh, 31, provides, by the way. Okay, so 31. there we go. Yeah. There we go. But either way, he... Um, on paper, checks all the boxes what the Cavs need. It's just he's making $39 million, and it is really hard to put together a substantial enough package that, and I believe Chris Fedor noted, like, the Cavs inquired on Tobias Harris as well. So, like, this tracks for sure, and maybe Maury is negotiating good faith, but it's just financially it doesn't work, and that's just kind of, like, my end-all, be-all with this just this situation. I'm just like, well, that's, uh, that's bold for sure, and... um. Makes you wonder what Philly would do with Mobley and Allen on that team or if they reroute them somewhere else. But 
the trade wouldn't happen. If it did, I would be actually stunned. Um, I'm flipping a Raising Cane's gift card in my hand right now. If that trade did happen, I would eat this Cane's gift card live on camera just to show you how confident I am on it. So, yeah, uh, rock on, Daryl Morey. Shoot your shot. I wouldn't expect no less from a Highland Hornet. What I think this says about the trade market and I, and I also think it's we'll get into later what the Cavs really have to offer like what would be their all in trade package mm-hmm. it, you wouldn't you probably you're not making that trade package for Tobias Harris if you're your sound of mind you're not going all in for someone like Tobias Harris he's a good player but he's making 39 million dollars and you don't have a lot to trade what I think this tells you, I, I, I'm, and I'm, I think you, if you read Scuttlebutt about the prices for wings, or you, you know, we've talked to people about this, like some of the prices for some of the players that the Cavs, I think, would probably like to get in the market for are really high. I think every team right now that has things to trade seemingly is putting the price really high right now. Harris in particular, it's like if you're Daryl Moore, I understand why you're asking for, for the moon. But it's also just like, are, you're not even going to get into real trade proposals if you're asking for the moon. And if you want to be like, okay, why don't the Cavs do anything? Keep in mind that they do have to negotiate with teams and maybe they're getting stuff like this in other spots. Maybe not this crazy, but close to it. You had mentioned um, selling the farm or maybe rerouting your your plans development-wise for Tobias Harris. Uh, Philly is a great case study of it because, as you had mentioned, Jimmy Butler made it very well known that they chose Tobias Harris over him. And that Tobias Harris makes. over me? Exactly. Everyone, I. if you're an audio listener, you may have jumped like I did when that audio peaked when Chris yeah, yelled. Right. Jake, I hope your ears aren't bleeding while you're editing that from the scare. Yeah, but it. either way... Um, it is just interesting because like Tobias Harris is a high end role player. He's a starter. Um, he's technically an all star because he's gotten those honors, too. But I have always had this stance. And um, I think Kevin Love just having such a mammoth contract and such sub sub optimal production, especially because of his inter- injury history, definitely put him as the front runner for like worst contract in the NBA for the longest time. But like Tobias Harris's contract was pretty bad. So I'm just like, wow, they're paying him a lot of money. I know it's a premium position, but He's not a superstar and he and I, I laughed as we were like pulling. I pulled up the number just to see exactly how much he was making. Tobias Harris was Philly's highest paid player last season. He made more money than Joel Embiid and James Harden last year. It's just it's so weird just how his contract works. And I don't know, maybe there is a team who wants to talk shop and maybe they can finagle a trade of Philly in that way. But uh, you know what? good on Cleveland for kind of just leaving no stone unturned in terms of, in terms of upgrading depth on the perimeter. But this is, this is definitely a pipe dream for sure. Especially with just like what that hypothetical is. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, the other funny part about this is that his dad slash his agent is out here talking about how he, they don't use him properly. Uh, the quote is personally, I don't think so. I don't reason I say that. Well, Tobias is an assassin scorer. I mean, they can't stop him. Nobody in the league can stop him. So he's proven over his career. Even when he was with the Clippers, he was an assassin scorer. Um, that's just funny. That just is. I, I all mean, this is very I, funny. I mean, the second round of the playoffs stops him pretty consistently. So not having Doc Rivers as his coach has also been that's the best thing. Where the other thing, like Doc Rivers, for whatever reason, is a 
Tobias Harris like whisperer because Harris struggled after he signed that extension. Um, and then they fire Brett Brown, bring in Doc, and then Tobias Harris starts like just killing it again like he did for the Clippers. And to his dad's point, yeah, he was awesome for the Clippers, but he was also their number one option. <laughs> uh, and he's also not uh, unstoppable. And breaking news, he gets traded to any team. You know, the Suns are reported as interested, a team like Cleveland that has Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Uh, that's not going to be his role. If you want to be like the second fiddle on a really good team, you'd probably be like, can I go to Portland and play with Dame? But say la vie. All right, after the break, we're going to talk about what the, about Harris as an actual fit, like his skill set, what he does. With, mm-hmm. is that, does this tell us anything about what the Cavs are looking we're, for? We're going to be nice to Tobias Harris after we just kind of dumped on him in his contract for the last 10 minutes. Look, I, I say this to everyone who's making lots of money, even if we can call them bad contracts. It is not a bad contract for Tobias Harris. It is a bad contract for the NBA teams that have to pay it. Tobias Harris, congratulations on securing the bag, my guy. I love that for you. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Also, you get them at the right price. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, go to you can head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guarantee fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Every dayers, Evan, I'll be back tomorrow talking about Amoni Bates' rookie year outlook and other Cavs signees. There's another Nance. We'll talk about the other Nance. Evan, so Tobias Harris's skill set, mm-hmm. bigger three four type. Not an elite perimeter defender, but a solid enough one. Can do some DHO stuff. Can shoot it. Just like a solid guy to play between a couple of spots for you. For last year, he was 41.2% I catch and shoot threes. Pretty good. Yeah. I, I think this reminds me of like the Lowry Markkinen role, who can be like a decent <sighs> defender. You can play him at the three and then slide him to the four when one of the mm-hmm. big sits. Like this skill set is kind of like what... A, what marketing was, but B, also what like kind of Dean Wade is supposed to be at a much lower number. Yeah, and this is what I was kind of talking about before, is just like Tobias Harris on paper fits the mold of what the Cavs are kind of looking for as a, a at the three spot, just in particular, because he provides you that perimeter scoring. He provides you spacing more than anything. Um, he wouldn't be the number one option if he were somehow playing in Cleveland. I'm sorry, dad. But uh, if he's like your fourth or fifth banana and a guy who takes advantage of the gravity and attention that Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland face on the, on the, on the outside or like what Jared Allen and Evan Mobley have to deal with down low. Like, yeah, he would be really great in that role. Um, as you mentioned, he's not the best perimeter defender, but I think having that two-headed monster and Mobley and Allen on the interior is it's okay if he gets blown past sometimes, but it would be interesting to see how he works. But yeah, like I said in the first segment, he ticks a lot of the boxes of what the Cavs need and why I'm intrigued of them like going after like a bigger guy to play small forward for them in 
free agency this summer. Um, it's just so like they can have more roster fluidity and creativity that allows like Harris to go between or like a guy like Harris rather who goes between the three and the four. So you can see some Mobley at the five or Allen at the five and like obviously Allen at the five, but a little bit just more creativity so the cast can be a little bit more dynamic and sprinkle in some modernity to this antiquated style of basketball they play. Do you, do you do you think Dean Wade is good enough or let me phrase it this way. Do you, what do you think the Cavs reportedly kicking the tires in some way and Tobias Harris tells us what they think about their in-house options to fill this role? I mean, let's be frank. If you base it off production this season or especially in the postseason, they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of bodies that are viable. Maybe five viable guys against the Knicks. Um, and that was their starting five. Like the bench was just an abject disaster for them. And to your question, just like focusing through the lens of Dean Wade specifically, it's a fair one. I think if Wade was fully healthy, we don't know if he was ever 100% out there, of course, but like his shot just disappeared and he tries hard and he kind of tries to do a lot of the hustle and grind out plays that you you appreciate or a guy who like is trying to find his flow, at least in like, no, like, hey, I can earn minutes playing defense. You appreciate that. But it's just weird. It's like one, I think it's the injury just killed a lot of momentum and confidence, but like Dean Wade's confidence evaporated when he was inserted in the starting lineup where he wasn't looking to take those open shots. He was looking to pass them to Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland when you just need him to rip it. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because I think if he's healthy and confident, it's a little bit different, of course. And I think that at least gives the Cavs a guy who can come off the bench a little bit more reliably for them. But them exploring the market is just I, I I would have to say them doing their due diligence, making sure that they can find clear and tangible upgrades because Kobe Elman didn't reveal much, but he did stress like, hey, we need to add depth on the perimeter, especially just in terms of shooting. And yeah, Tobias Harris fits that mold. How do you feel about it? I think it tells us that like they're going to kick the tires on a bunch of different things this offseason. I, I think a lot of teams right now, I think the Cavs included the, the rumors about them are like, it's not as loud out there for Cleveland as it is for like Phoenix or pick pick another a bunch of these other good teams right now, right? It's a little bit different. There and there's not like the the Karis Levert free agency stuff is not going to get the same attention as James Harden's right. Like the shooting like this is just a out of the headline summer to some degree, but I think this tells us that they're going to kick the tires on some stuff. They're going to call around us. So if it's their due diligence, you know, not everything that they do obviously ever gets out there, but I think it tells us that they're probably looking for something a little more trustworthy than Dean Wade. I think like, I think if we go back to the Lowry marketing signing, it's kind of clearly identified. They like that Kobe Altman in the front office, like that skill set. Like that was like, okay, Kevin Love's succession plan, and then you get Dean Wade, who, had, who does different stuff, but kind of does some plays in that same mold. You obviously trade Markkinen to get Donovan Mitchell. You know, Markkinen was not going to have the breakout he had last year in Cleveland, if he had stayed in Cleveland, I don't think. Just wasn't going to be set up for him to do that. I think, I think there's just like, they look at having like a bigger guy who can shoot and allow them to switch between styles is, is something they're missing. And I, and I, and I wonder if you asked them truthfully and got them to answer honestly, if they would look back at last year and say that their confidence in Dean Wade has just dropped based on how the end of the year went for him and how he wasn't really a factor for the five games they were in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a fair argument. Um, again, you have, there's a lot of questions when it comes. There's a lot of questions about this Cavs team in general. And you had mentioned marketing. Um, 
it is an interesting thought exercise to think like, okay, maybe there's a different reality where the Cavs don't acquire Donovan Mitchell and they still have Laurie Market and Colin Sexton, Ochai Abaji on this roster. And it's interesting to think about like how that would look. Um, would the Cavs play, pay Laurie Markkinen like to another extend to another extension after they signed him in free agency? But I, I don't know. It's just like Dean Wade to me. Um, he's more than like the break glass in case of emergency depth player, where like you throw him out there if you needed some type of answer, and he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. But he's also not a guy where I'm saying like, yeah, he's consistently a part of this rotation. Like he's like right on the fringe, and if he plays well reward that you give him more minutes but if he starts to the falter like he did especially in the postseason or just in general leading up to the postseason you can pull the leash on him back a little bit and then you can just go ahead and put somebody else in in his place so to your point though like they are going to kick the tires on any wing player that has a pulse that kind of fits the mold of what they need so i'm interested to see how they go about it but the odds are stacked against them for sure yeah, let's go into break here. Let's talk about the other big things that the Cavs can actually trade. What can they actually trade? We'll talk about that next. All right, Evan, this is I, this is what I've put down as the Cavs' all-in trade offer if they had to make one today. They were going to do, like, just say, we're going to offer everything we can. This is what I think they could do right now, pre-free agency. It'd be Allen, any future seconds, Dean Wade, Jetty Osmond's contract because they have the non-guarantee you can use. Oh, Rubio, sal- Rubio salary be in there as well. That changes if you keep Karis LeVert. You could then trade him. You could sign and trade him. I don't think that's super likely. It's not the most appealing, like, all-in kind of trade package or aggregate a bunch of salaries package, right? Like, it's not overwhelming teams, I think, with what they can offer right now. I agree. Um, Where were you going before I... So the Jetty Osmond thing, there's actually something interesting I kind of found out as I was just, you know, checking up on like payroll, stuff like that for just teams. Because I was thinking about like trades the Cavs can make as well. I'm like, okay, who are some actual like realistic targets? What's their all in offer? I'm really, really scrolling here. Uh, Jetty Osmond's salary becomes fully guaranteed on... in. June 29th, and so four days from when we're recording, three days from when this episode drops on Monday. So if the Cavs want to use that non-guaranteed salary luxury they have with Osmond, they have three days to make a trade happen. Or we're going to see the Cavs say like, okay, he's actually a shooting wing. Maybe a team has some intrigue in that, but the, the Cavs are kind of pressed to make a move here. But like you said, like future seconds, that, that moves the needle for some teams. Um Isaac Okoro could be intriguing to a team that's willing to devote the time, energy, and resources to develop him. Maybe a team like San Antonio takes a stab at him, but um, Jared Allen is, he's making $20 million and like it cleanly fits for a lot of teams, but like a team like Dallas was a, an organization that made a lot of sense for Allen, but then they went and got um, um, Rashawn Holmes and then they drafted that kid out of Duke as well. And like, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they address they address they they address their need at the center position at least a little bit. It's obviously not perfect, but it's better than it was before this. Um, and it allows the Mavericks to kind of shift their focus to okay, what's going on with Christian Wood? Uh, can we bring Kyrie back? Um, what can we do to maximize what we have around Luca and Kyrie? Like the, the the center option trade with Dallas like evaporated fairly quickly. Um, one because the Mavericks found a team that's willing to take on Berton's contract, and two. 
they still got their guy, and then they're able to get Holmes as well, who fell out of Mike Brown's rotation, but I think is a fine enough player to provide you serviceable minutes. And yeah, it's just it's tough because then you look at the rest of the league, like okay, who really wants a five, like a, tr- a traditional five who doesn't shoot? Um, and there's not many teams I think that are going to be lining up the trade for Jared Allen. Yeah, look, I don't think this is the the Allen. This we're not and trade I'm, summer. This is not the Allen trade summer. And I also say this too. In my eyes, Jared Allen's value to the Cavs is much, much more comparatively to what his value is across the league. And it's just that weird spot where like he means more to Cleveland than he may mean to any other team in the league. Yeah, and and what I just also tend to look at with this is just I, I think this tell I think what we're talking about, the Tobias Harris stuff, I think barring like them slipping into the back end view, I don't think the Cavs have the juice with some of these stuff and I, I should have mentioned a core that that was a good shot by you I should have like he's in the all-in trade package if you're going to do it and I still kind of do maintain that if they aren't they don't trust him at this point maybe you should try to flip him now before like maybe you should I, I they don't have like a, a trade they can throw at another team that's like really moves the needle from the team it would be shuffling it'd be like both teams kind of just rearranging deck chairs a little bit I think is what this mm-hmm. would feel like now the Osmond thing I think still has Okay, value when you get to, if it gets guaranteed, that's still an expiring salary you can use. Like, it's not nothing. It's a little bit, it just, it feels less sexy if you don't even have the guarantee. I, I would be really curious to see, you know, you'll never know. It's it's hard to see what some of this is. You know, what other, like, what other teams have, like, you know, we've, we've, we've heard that the Cavs have taken off, teams have called about Jared Allen. And it's been pick offers and it's been player offers. I would love to know like what the quality of those offers is. It's like kind of hard to tell, but that's kind of, that's like the big question in all this is what is the value? Of, is there one other team that's like, yeah, we'll give you like one twenty on the dollar for Jared Allen? I would doubt that's the case after the playoffs, though. Yeah, I doubt that's the case after the playoffs. And again, like I said, he is a traditional five in the sense that he doesn't shoot threes. He sometimes he makes the right pass but it's not like Jokic level stuff or like a guy who's just able to make like like run the offense more or less like run a pick and roll and so the it's limited what Jared Allen can provide you and that's kind of unfortunate but like that's why you see a team like Atlanta who's like desperately trying to move off of Clint Capella's contract because he's in a similar vein to Allen and like teams don't really that that's the hard thing with being a big man in the NBA especially just from that skill set um, some teams are comfortable with like just grabbing cheaper options and just amassing depth that way. Um, some teams like Dallas are okay with paying JaVale McGee way too much money. Um, and then there's like guys like Jared Allen who were legitimately good, like an all-star level player, like a very good defensive player, but he has his limitations. And like you said, like, I just don't think there's going to be a team that's like, yeah, we'll, we'll trade you quite a bit for Jared Allen. And, like the Cavs would have to be blown away i believe by the offer just because one he has more value to them than he does most teams in this league and two it's just it's just hard to like figure out the financials and the the flexibility of it all like you had mentioned um like tobias harris going to phoenix and like deandre ayton would be the linchpin in that trade and then the the report at least is ayton would have to be moved to a third team with asset yeah role players and depth pieces going to Philly, maybe a little bit more heading to Phoenix as well, because Phoenix is so locked up with money right now. And that makes you think like, okay, what if you reverse that a little bit 
and you think, is there a team that's willing to take on Jared Allen to acquire some depth pieces to kind of facilitate this trade? So Tobias Harris comes to Cleveland with that. Then again, there's the issue. Like the Cavs still have to find a way to find that like additional $19 million to acquire Tobias Harris. And like, that's like Ricky Rubio, um, Dean Wade, Jetty Osmond's stuff. Like, are you willing to gut your entire like, asset pool for Tobias Harris? No, I don't think you should do that because you don't have many assets already to begin with. So just just so we can say it for the record, uh, you're saying you wouldn't trade Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and, and picks for Tobias Harris? No. Um, no, no, I would not. <laughs> uh, would, I would you? I, no, no, that's okay, the whole point good. of what I'm doing. This is a, this, this is a bit, Evan. It's a bit. It's good. It's good. It's good to know. Evan, Evan, if, if I if I came on here and told you, hey, I think the Cavs should have done that trade, I hope you would like never talk to me again, if I'm being honest. I, I, I'd send a wellness check or I'd be like, all right, <clears throat> are you able to do 10 push-ups on like Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? So all right. Well, no, we're not we're not going there. We're we're not no, it's just, to, to, uh, it's just weird mm-hmm. stuff. What a weird yeah, weekend. But, uh, but um yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, to yeah, cycle yeah, back yeah. to your point. Yeah, um, I think just the takeaway, if you really are listening to two dudes talk about Tobias Harris and the Cavs, like the trade just will not and cannot happen. That offer is comical. Like I thought it was like an onion thing or maybe like uh, Barry tricking somebody again or whatever that one fake troll account is on Twitter that always gets like aggregated at the worst possible times by people. Um, I just I don't know. Like that, that just, I'm like, that's a lot, especially for your fourth banana in this core that you've built in Jared Allen and arguably your most important player for the future in Evan Mobley for a guy in Tobias Harris. I mean, yeah, I, I dumped on quite a bit, but he does fit a lot of the needs that Cleveland has, currently has, but like, it's just, it's so much money. It is so yeah. much money. Yeah. It is uh, not going to be a situation where I think the Cavs are going to uh wait i have be able to more... get a 39 million dollar player no i have one more question for you well let's say like hypothetically speaking they did acquire tobias harris what would that do to them with the new cba would like that put them like dangerously close to that tax apron yeah i'd have to like actually crunch it but they would be 39 million dollars 20 like you'd, you'd you'd have a very expensive roster and i think you'd be basically like kind of in a very tricky situation especially because like the other part of the Harris thing I you know I think that's kind of built into this is if you trade for him and you give up anything real for him you're kind of probably you're you're probably committing to resigning him and that's where you get into like the real financial situation because you'd have Mm -hmm. to plan for like Evan Moby's future contract the possible new Donovan Mitchell contract Garland's extension keep going up like you'd have well you don't have to worry about the Evan Moby contract um if Tobias Harris came here so well, let's just say they get to keep Evan Mobley, and then you're like, sure. you're not like that. Like you just get into a spot where, like, not so much this year, but like a year or two from now, you start getting into a really tricky spots. You might be going there anyway, but you know, maybe, maybe don't rush into that unless you're like the Phoenix Suns. All right, that's gonna do it for today, though. Every day is we're gonna be back tomorrow, <laughs> talking about Amoni Bates' rookie year outlook and more stuff that, that, about the Cavs. That, that's how what? much money. Tobias Harris, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland combined would make next year. <laughs> and uh, that's still not as crazy as uh, it's $105 million for those not watching on YouTube. Um, 
it's still not as much as where you're gonna where the Celtics are headed, but that's still just like an obscene amount of money. And how teams handle some of this where stuff, I find fascinating. Yes. All right. Back tomorrow. Thanks again. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for production. Peace out, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.